Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to America's Heroes Group on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. America's Heroes Group is a live streaming podcast, global platform, radio, print, and digital media broadcast show that empowers change agents through intentionally disseminating information, resources, and referrals to empower our military population. And welcome to America's Heroes Group. This week is our roundtable with our partner, Heinz VA, Women's Healthcare. Today is Saturday, June 18, 2022. And June, don't forget, is LGBTQ plus Pride Month. You just heard our host, Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host, National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a new person on uh, line today. She's joining us, and she is Crystal Lynn Jalewski, a Heinz VA, licensed clinical social worker and women's veterans program manager. And we're going to talk about health care and the women's programs that are available at the Heinz VA. Now, Crystal Lynn, she's a licensed clinical social worker. She's a psychotherapist with 11 years of experience, and also she specializes with women's issues, making sure that women, particularly veterans, feel safe and welcome at the VA. How are you doing, Crystal? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. So I'm glad to have you on with us. We're going to talk about some some things that have to do with women, in particular women's issues, joining the VA or getting involved with the VA health system. What are some of the things that are particularly unique to women's issues as far as joining the, the VA? Um, you know, some of the things that are unique to our women veterans are, one, the, the type of care and services that, that they need. Um, and then also just the, you know, the environment. You know, the VA for so long um, has really just served the male population. And now, you know, we're seeing an increase with, with our women veterans. Um, I believe there are, I believe the VA uh, serves about 9 million veterans total, 2 million of which are women veterans. Mm. And our women veteran population is expected to increase about 18,000 per year for the next 10 years. So the way we look at care and how we deliver care, you know, we need to start shifting and really thinking from a woman veteran perspective. That's interesting. So I remember reading something, um, some studies are talking about how a lot of the research and treatments and things, not just in the VA system, but just across medical care in general, always looks at men. And even in the experiments that they do, like, for example, there was, a, there was actually a, a, a doctor that talked about um, the fact that they were doing treatments on drug treatments and are using male mice as opposed to like screening out for, for male mice as opposed to using male and female mice just doing drug studies. and But the fact that women have different physiology rules out a whole bunch of missing information because they're not doing that kind of research. Yeah. Yep. And I, I will say, Heinz, we do have a program. Um, it's 
it's short for, for WERP, and I'll be honest with you, I can't um, remember exactly what it stands for. Um, but the but the but the main um, focus of WERP is really to recruit some of our women veterans for these studies, um, because. To, to, to your point, um, a lot of the medical studies have been on men, so we know what to do. But again, women veterans, we need them um, to participate so, you know, as they're coming in, we can tailor their treatment to their specific needs. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between the Women's Health Clinic and the Women's Veterans Program? If they do two different things, or how does that work together? So, not yes and no. Um, so the, the Women's Health Clinic is part of the Women's Health Program. So a lot of folks use the two um, interchangeably, but the women's health program is just more encompassing um, because our women's health program, you know, includes our women's health clinic, and I can talk a little bit more about that as well, what, what that includes. But it also includes our community-based outpatient clinics. It also includes other parts of the hospital, um, our environment of care rounds, our um, outreach events. Um, and then our collaborations with other uh, service areas, so like our maternity care program, our intimate partner violence coordinator, uh, military sexual trauma. So it's just a little bit more encompassing, and the, William, the Women's Health Clinic is a part of that. So what do you do to try to, to get more um, women veterans to take advantage of the, of the Heinz VA or the VA in general? What types of things are, that should women know about, particularly veterans, in order to get into this program? Sure. So first and foremost, I will say any woman veteran who is listening right now, if you have questions, do not hesitate to call and and reach out, and I will definitely speak more in depth. But um, in our clinic, we um, offer several services besides primary care. And so, and I should also say, all our primary, our women's health primary care providers are trained in women's health issues, but they're also trained in women veterans' health issues. And this is the same at each of our six uh, community-based outpatient clinics, um, because we also realize that not all our women veterans live close to Heinz. um, So we really want to make sure that they can at least have a primary care provider in their area. Um, But in our clinic, we do offer gynecology, urogyne, we have a cardiologist, we offer mental health, and that is both therapy, short-term, long-term, and we also have psychiatry. We also have a dietitian, a pharmacist, we have social work, and then we also have a maternity care coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said uh, before, we really have close uh, partnerships with our military sexual trauma coordinator, um, our intimate partner violence coordinator, um, and just other services across the hospital. Um, and so I think this and again, I want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and speak because, unfortunately, a lot of veterans, both male and female, have no idea we exist. Um, and Heinz, in particular, we have a separate clinic um, just for our women veterans, and we're located on the 12th floor um, in our main building, our main tower. So women want to get information, where should they contact you? So have there, is, do, you have a, do you have a phone number you can give out or a website we can go visit? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so um, I can give my phone number here. It's 708-202-2075. But if they can't, no one can remember that, you can always just uh, 
call the main number and ask the operator to transfer them to me. Um, and, you know, if I'm not available for any reason, they can leave a message and I'll, um, you know, definitely return their call. Um, they can also go to our Facebook page um, or on the Internet, you know, Heinz VA Hospital, and there's some information there as well. So you're a psychotherapist, and you have 11 years of experience in that field. What are some of the things, what is, what's the most common thing that you see when you're treating patients? So I will say in, my, in this current role, I'm not, um, I'm, not, I'm not seeing patients clinically. More of my role is more program development. Um, advocacy, um, and just really making sure that any, you know, gaps that we have, we're identifying those and working on them and also um, improving our strengths. But I will say um, from, you know, just working with, you know, working in the VA and, you know, with my collaborations, um, you know, some of the issues I'm finding is, unfortunately, a lot of our women veterans don't identify themselves as veterans. They don't see themselves as veterans, and that's partly a barrier to care and why they're not coming in. Um, the second is when, they're due, when they do come in uh, for care, um, some of them are facing harassment or they just don't feel like they're welcome or safe. Um, and then some more on, like, the, more of the mental health um, would probably be uh, PTSD. Um, so, yeah, so those, those are probably, would probably be, like, the top three things that that i've seen just from in my role as as the program manager i think that's interesting you mentioned that women some women don't see themselves as veterans although they wore the uniform Mm -hmm. well how is that i don't understand how that Mm -hmm. you know i'll be honest i'm not a veteran i'm a civilian so i don't want to speak as if i am a veteran from the sense that i get from my interactions with women veterans I think it's um, because while they were in the military, also they weren't, um, you know, really seen and, and treated fairly. Um, and so, you know, a lot of them did their time. They served, and it's kind of like I did what I needed to do. I had that experience, and now I'm kind of done. Um, plus, I mean, just, you know, historically, the VA has served male veterans. You know, it's just really now in recent years that we're seeing the influx of women veterans. And to be honest, I think it's our responsibility um, as the VA and VA employees to really make an effort to say, we see you, we recognize what you have done and what you've sacrificed, and we're here for you. And I know I know, I can speak for myself and some of my colleagues, We, you know, we are really trying to do that. And so, and I'm um, also open for feedback from um, any of our women veterans. And I will say, you know, I am holding focus groups. I've been holding them quarterly, and they are on culture um, to elicit some of that feedback and to see, you know, what we can do better, learn more about the experiences of our women veterans and see, okay, this is what we're doing well at. We'll keep doing that. But then this is where we're not doing so great, and this is where we need to draw our attention. And on that note, you got to mention that we are, are on Facebook Live right now, live streaming. So if you want to tune in on Facebook Live, you can see us there. Also, look at our old shows on YouTube. Leave comments. Um, tell us what we could be doing better. Tell us what some of the things you want to hear about. And issues like this, particularly women, uh, let your voice be heard. You know, Let us know what, how we can serve you as, as veterans, serving other veterans, and also what this show can do for you and your community. Um, Crystal, mm-hmm. one thing I'll, I'll, I want to kind of go back to that issue about culture, and that is so – 
what what are what types of things do we need to do as a as a veteran community to change the mentality to change the culture to be more inclusive mm-hmm. um i think first and foremost just recognizing that women especially when they're coming to the va that they don't automatically assume that they are the spouse, that they are the caregiver. Um, I've had so many women veterans who come in and um, it's automatically assumed it's in, just by anyone that they're, they're not, that they're coming there not for themselves, but for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one. Two, I think to be mindful of what we're saying and how we're saying things. So, you know, at Heinz, I teach um, new employee orientation. And part of my um, presentation, you know, I talk about um, harassment and what employees can do, like what they should be looking out for if they see um, someone, you know, harassing someone else and how to intervene. And, you know, some of the questions I get is, well, my comment wasn't meant to be taken that way. It was supposed to be, you know, funny or sweet, but just, but it's not, you know, so just because that's how you meant it, if you're not sure, it's better not to say anything at all. Because again, a lot of our women veterans have experienced, you know, PTSD, military sexual trauma, and so you don't know what you're saying, how it's going to be received and how it's affecting them. And it can be very, very triggering. And then I think the biggest other thing is, and this is, you know, for other males in particular, is that if you see a woman veteran or even a woman being, you know, harassed at the VA, to step in and say something. I have found that, you know, males respond better when when another male is intervening as opposed to a female. And I think those things, they may seem little, but can really go a long way. Wow. You know, one of the things that people talk about, especially in people in your field, they say that women are three times more likely to suffer PTSD than men are. Um, what are mm-hmm. What's the, some of the science behind that? Some, I'm sorry? So women are three times more likely to, than men to suffer PTSD. Is that correct? I, I'll be honest. I, I know that the rates are higher for PTSD as well as MST. I just don't know. I don't. And that we're calling the exact um, the exact statistic. Mm-hmm. So on that on that on that note, then how so when we come in for for a treatment and, and come in to talk about their issues and things, and they've had a, usually come mm-hmm. from a very very rough place. They've had a rough time trying to get this information out when they're in service in uniform, maybe suffering mm-hmm. from MST, military sexual trauma, or having some type of traumatic event or experience or harassment inside the military. Um, how do you get women to open up and, and be willing to communicate and share their story so you can treat them? Sure. So I will say, so here, any um, any patient, um, when they're coming in for an appointment, we do, and I mean, it's um, um, our nurses and our providers, They we have something called screenings. And so they will ask them uh, particular questions regarding military sexual trauma, domestic violence, um, as well as depression. And so with those questions, depending upon how they answer, if they screen positive, then they will be referred to the appropriate mental health clinician. So that could be our MSG coordinator or champion. It could be, um, 
yes, our therapist or intimate partner violence coordinator. Um, and then, then they will outreach that um, veteran and then, you know, obviously provide treatment. Now, if something is happening same day at the, during the appointment, you know, like these questions, you know, maybe trigger something inside, we do have same day services available where that particular clinician can be on site and meet with, with, with the veteran. Because we never want anyone to leave an appointment, um, you know, feeling worse than when they came in. And if they need immediate help, we want to make sure that they're getting that. And then so now going back to this one question about coping mechanisms, um, when people are being treated, mm-hmm. what are some of the coping mechanisms people can use to, um, to kind of help themselves if they're going through PTSD or uh, suffer some kind, of, some kind of trauma? Sure. Um, so I will say later on um, in the coming months, we are going to have one of our mental health clinicians on who can probably speak to this better. But I will say when you're in the moment, just sometimes taking a deep breath, slowing down and just really noticing your breathing. Also, focus on maybe something that's in the room and concentrate on that. Um, Two, maybe step outside of where you're at. So if you're in a room that you think is triggering, um, you know, maybe go outside and look at like the grass or, you know, the clouds, something that makes you feel happier. Um, Or um, call someone. We always, you know, I always recommend who are people of support for you? Who are someone that you can reach out to and it just makes you feel safe? Um, and I would say make sure have those people handy, have those contacts, and you can reach out to them. And that or even play like calming music um, or some calming, uh, you know, tones um, or, you know, watch something or hear something funny. You know, with our phones these days, um, there are so many different apps. Um, so it just makes that access so much easier um, to find something and save something that you know can help you know, bring you down a little bit um, and kind of lift you um, in in the moment. So hopefully with what you give us today, the information, we can get more women into the VA system and get treatment. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the, what's the benefit of going to the VA versus going to a private um, health facility? Sure. So I will say um, two things I think are um, the benefits. So one, our staff, not all our staff, but um, we have staff who are also veterans, so they understand. And the staff who are there are there because they want to be there. We, if we don't fully understand, we try to understand um, and are genuinely sincere in the care that we are providing. Um, The second is, I want to say, care coordination. I think the VA does a really good job to coordinate care so veterans don't feel like they're left on their own to figure things out, especially when, you know, if you're diagnosed with, you know, something very serious, you know, that is in and of itself overwhelming and complex to navigate. But at the VA, I feel like there's always someone you can turn to to help guide you and navigate you to where you need to go. So those, I would say, are, are, are the are the Now, for women that are thinking about uh, going to the VA, particularly at Heinz or even Jesse Brown, what do they need to bring? Mm -hmm. How do they prepare themselves for their first uh, appointment? Yeah, so before anything, and I I say this because I've had this happen, 
So first and foremost is um, to make sure that you've contacted eligibility first and that you're registered in the system. Um, Because I think that is, we want to make sure you're there um, and that you, you know, have your appointment. Now, when you're coming for your appointment, I think it's very important to, one, write a list or have a list of things that you want to discuss or that are very pressing to you, like the top three things that you want to address. And also maybe bring a list of things that you think would be very helpful for your provider to know. Um, that and then, if, you know, Heinz, I can't, really, I can't speak for Jesse Brown because I don't, I don't work there, but Heinz is a very large place. Um, and so if you need someone to um, help navigate, never been there before, let us know and we can help with that as well. Because, again, we don't want anyone coming in, especially for the first appointment, to feel overwhelmed. They have no idea where they're going. Um, and we do have volunteers and staff all along the way to help guide, um, to guide our patients. But, um, but if you feel like, okay, this might be too big, give us a call and, you know, we can you know, meet you and then walk you to your appointment. And then, Chris, before we go, give us that phone number one more mm-hmm. time. Sure. So my direct line is area code 708-202-2075. And you just heard Crystal Lynn Jaluski, a new partner of ours at America's Heroes Group at the Heinz VA, licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, 11 years of experience. Thanks for coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. And I also just want to say a big thank you to all of our veterans. We appreciate you. We recognize you and we're here for you. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.